Welcome to Open All Ours, the QPR podcast. I am David Fraser and I'm joined by three other QPR fans this week. Uh, we have regulars uh, from ITV Sport, Chris Mendes. Hello. Hello, Christopher. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Good, good. And we also have from Independent Ours, Paul Finney. All right. The newly haircutted Paul Finney. I was doing that. So Chris just leant across the pool and pulled his, his jumper, he's got the his biggest, arm jumper down. Because he's all got the we biggest could see, knob on his uh, He's got watch. the biggest knob on his watch you've ever seen in your life, which we need to take a picture of for Twitter. And all we could see was this little, sorry, well, this relatively big knob poking out of Paul's jumper. And so we had to see it. I think we need a picture of that, Chris. Um... You're wearing a very a, a watch with a very big knob, Paul. Some would say I am a very big knob. Well, I think that was the that was the the, the, the subtext yeah, the, of the, that the whole discussion. Okay. Um, but thanks for putting the subtitles on it for everyone. I'm just explaining to people like me who, who yeah, well, I, I probably are, but I don't care anymore. You can insult me all night long. I've had a terrible day, and I've come here to have fun. Why have you had a terrible day, professionally or personally? If it's personal, we'll leave it. If it's professional, we can we can spend a couple of minutes talking about it. Uh, every day is a bad day for me, isn't it? Really? Is that, have you read my Twitter account? <laughs> uh, yeah. And we also have second timer. Second time. Yeah. Second timer, Simon Rain. Hi. Also known as Simon me. James Rain yeah. on Twitter. Um, he doesn't know what cider is. Just saying. So you didn't buy Paul Cider. So, so, so um, thank you for the beers this week. Uh, the, the beers cider. this week have been bought by Simon James Rain. Thank you, Simon. Thank you very much. Which is a, 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 an occasional tradition that was started, started by uh, Rahul, wasn't it? I think he started it. He, Gemma, was it not? So, perhaps, perhaps. One or both of them started by bringing in the beers. It is not a requirement of any QPR podcast guest, but it's nevertheless A blue brand as well, which but is no one's great ever actually good attention in, to detail. But no one's ever actually brought in cider. I'm just saying that as a bitter person. I did ask for some gluten-free beer in, uh, in the wine shop, so... I did try. I think we should have like a regular cider section from Finney. Well, this is Brewdog Punk IPA. So thank you very much. Anyway, for, for those still listening. For those still listening. <laughs> um, just to say a little plug. We do quite often, we have a little button on our website where you can buy us the beers for the evening. Uh, it's a form of sponsorship, uh, uh, for want of a better word. And it's always appreciated because uh, the podcast is free. It's always free to listen to, but uh, all donations gratefully received, I, I suppose is the phrase that they say. That website, in case you're wondering is qprpod.co.uk go there there's all the information on us previous episodes and so on you can follow us on twitter as well and please do interact with us follow us at at qprpod right okay um we're very late it's thursday now Mm. Uh, we usually record on a monday i think that due to basically illnesses and better halves telling us we have to be in other places and all the rest of it. We couldn't record on Monday, so we do apologise for that. But it's given us a few extra things to talk about. We've got a really good interview, we hope, coming up in, in about five, ten minutes' time with Joel Lynch. So stay tuned for that. But um, before that, let's talk about Saturday, which seems a hell of a long time ago. Lunchtime Saturday... Um, one all draw with Fulham. Who would like to begin? I'll go then. 
I think I th- I think Saturday summed up where we've come from a long journey um, in the last few months. That we can Fulham were a decent side. They passed the ball around really well. They held possession brilliantly for them. Um, of course, they cheated and dived all over the park. But when we go into that, and we had the referee that Mr. Magoo would be ashamed to have as his brother. Um, and the most biased referee I've seen in a long time. Seriously, I mean, anyway. So some people say, decision. some people accuse us on this podcast occasionally of being a little bit old and talking about events gone by from years and years ago and not necessarily catering for the younger fans. So, so I'm asking this on their behalf, Paul. Explain who Mr. Magoo is. You, you youngsters have a thing called a computer and Google. <laughs> I, I wish you well with that. Um, he was someone who couldn't see. He was the latter day you should have gone to Specsavers. He was, he was Rob Stiles. Oh, for the younger ones. Yeah, Rob go Stiles. on, go on, go on. Anyway, um, and the ref, like that, that bit where the Fulham player missed and he gave him a corner. I mean, seriously, mm. you can't make stuff like that up. You have to, you have, I mean, I hope his assessor makes him manage or referee somewhere really bad. He had but, a poor game, but, but to, to be fair to him, the, the penalty decision was the assistant's decision. Decision. Who, I think he gave it. It was just so it's still bad. Wrong. It, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It was actually outrageous. The man, your man, should be booked. If I'm going to be brutally honest about it. For diving, yeah. Yeah, but if that had been a QPR player gone down, we wouldn't have got the penalty. I'll tell you that now. Okay. But never mind. We look much better. But does it Try matter it. when you have smoothies? Oh, how good is that, by the way? He, has he got the best ratio of any QPR goalkeeper with penalties? He must have. He must have. He saved six out of ten this season. He's what? saved, yeah, he's saved more penalties than he's let in. Mm. The only person I could think that came close to that was Jan Stayskill in my lifetime for saving penalties. Even before he came to QPR, he had a really good record for penalties. He's at, we're going to be really lucky to hang on to him, you know. Well, I don't really think lucky. we will. No, I this, don't think this we will. month, I think we will. Oh, this month we will, but I think in the summer we won't. But you know what? We have a very good goalkeeper on the bench. And we'll make a few quid yeah, but off that, him. I'm not saying I want him to go. I guess I'm being a pragmatist. But how good was that save when your man, the 24, whatever, put it in and he tipped it over the bar? Mm. I mean, that was world class. That was actually superb. But I think he's probably the best goalkeeper outside the, champ- uh, the Premiership. But I probably would say because I'm biased. Uh, he's our best goalkeeper since when? Since who? Paul? Well, you could, you could probably say David Seaman if you take out the fact that David Seaman let in a lot of free kicks. I, I would say David Seaman. Or, um, I used to like... I, I used to like... A guy called I've forgotten his name. Yeah, <laughs> you loved him. No, uh, Nicky, Nicky Johns. I used to like Nicky Johns. He was a good goalkeeper. Um, yeah, you know was sort of like, he was the sort of reserve goalie what, what? for for Peter Hucker once upon a time. Paul well, Barron, was, wasn't he, he? No, he, he, he came um, after Seaman. Well, I know, issues. but he didn't have an extended stay in the. QPR team. Listen, they'll probably induct him into the Forever R's next week. By the um, way, what's your views on Tony Roberts as a goalkeeper? That's awful. always a strange one. Absolutely really? awful. Yeah, I can Lovable. remember being six, seven. Lovable. A, a character, though. but a quality okay. of goalkeeper. Not fond memories at all. I, I wouldn't go that far. I, I think he was a, a, a decent servant to the club. He always appeared to be too small. Considering he, he was missing a few fingers, I thought he was okay. Is he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I really hope to go on that stroke. He he gives the illusion of being a short goalie, which kind of always made... I don't know if he is. He's probably like 5'11 anyway, but he looks looks short. But um, he's born the same day as me, and we're exactly the same age and everything. And I think... He's he's wearing it better, no offence. Oh, (laughs) Jesus, everyone wears it better than me. I look like death. Um, But the thing is, going back to the goalkeeper thing, it it makes such a difference, doesn't it, to have a team that you you know when the... Normally, when the opposition are attacking, I watch from behind my seat and cry. Now you're thinking, Smithies has got this. He's all right. He can deal with this. And that penalty save, I knew he was going to save it. 
And Chris Martin, you're not just a crap singer at Coldplay, you're a crap at penalties. When we played I mean, Huddersfield... Fulham are bad at penalties, aren't they? Yeah. They keep missing them. Sorry, Chris. When, I was just going to say, when we played Huddersfield, uh, we spoke to some of their fans before the game, and they said some of these great shops, shot stopper, great at saving penalties. He was just a bit suspect at uh, crosses, but I haven't noticed that too much. No, he grabbed a few on Saturday quite well, actually, in the second half. Yeah, maybe he's been working on it. Do you know who I felt sorry for on Saturday? If I'm going to be honest, you're going to accuse me of being biased again, but Conor Washington, I did feel sorry for him, because he had to just put that shot away. It's, it's, it could have been his... Oh, One you know. thing I noticed as well... We is should get someone to sponsor that segment. Conor the, bit where you talk, the, the bit where you talk about Conor Washington. A sliding doors moment. Yeah. Were you waiting for it to happen? This is the Paul Finney talks about Conor Washington segment, not, sponsored by Ridgewell Windows and Doors. Hey. Lovely windows. I did Don't notice, though, happen, though, as soon as he came on, like maybe two minutes after he came on for Silla, there was a, someone uh, put in a really nice ball, and it was just the kind of ball that Silla could have headed in, but it wasn't ideal for Washington. I just wondered whether that substitution was the right thing to do. But, you know, it's easy to say that in hindsight. Uh, this is going to sound... I'm, I'm potentially sounding really, really stupid here, but I've only just made this connection. Did Smithies and Lynch play together extensively yes, yeah, at Huddersfield? Huddersfield? Yeah, Oh, well, that's something we can ask him, and I can pretend like I thought about it hours ago. <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah. I, uh, I wouldn't say you were stupid. That rule was taken by me in the podcast. <laughs> so, You're the sensible one, remember, David? Simon, what did you think about uh, Saturday and recent form? You, you, uh, another one who's brought notes. Well done. Tried my best. Uh, Scary. I mean, the re- main reason I go to football is, is for excitement and entertainment. To be honest, I'm not so bothered about player development, club progression, where we sit in the league. Uh, and on Saturday, for the first time in a long time, I actually got off my seat and even at some stages ran down the stairs. I got so animated. Anyone knows me, that is a uh, big, big kind of never happens. So it's actually an exciting football game for once, which makes kind of so much difference. There's actually some crowd interaction, which has not happened for a long time. It probably helped that Bertram was going absolutely kind of crazy on yeah. the touchline that's a good or a bad thing depending on your point of view but in general it was exciting uh, in relation to the game I think the kind of the fallacy of possession football is finally kind of completely going out the window I mean Fulham had 75% possession mm-hmm. that much did they actually do anything with it relatively not uh, so kind of things are looking up I think we're still relatively quite shaky in the back uh, Smithies is actually having an excellent season but is he making up for some weakness in, in the centre-back positions I mean he's been a great club servant but a noter I think he's really starting to, to struggle and long term I don't think he has the quality if we want to kind of progress as a club I don't know I, I actually thought on Saturday with this new rule that Hull's doing coming in I knew was actually getting slightly more confident with Lynch as well and we're starting to do things in defence we wouldn't do before. Like we weren't messing up as much, but it's all how we see it, I suppose. I actually think the defence has got better, especially with Furlong coming in as well. And Bidwell's game's got a lot mm-hmm. better as well. That's my personal opinion. The, but the thing I, with Anua is, that, you know, he's got a lot of experience and he's not unbelievable. He's pretty solid. So if you do replace him, you do need to keep that balance of youth players and and experienced players. And you'd have to replace him with someone who's experienced. It's a lot easier to find these young and upcoming players, but not so much finding the players have played over like 200 games you know, of championship football I think when Nua gives up football he'll be a judge he's got that look about him you just know he is going to be he's super intelligent when he came in the podcast and what it was like and everything else and it's kind of yeah. you know he's like the, the, he's like 
quite unquote the failure of his family as in he's the only one that hasn't got like a really super spotty professional job because I've met his sister a couple of times and he's got I think he's one of four and they're all like accountants and solicitors and all this and He's the one who kicks the ball around. For Maybe he should retire. So you're probably right. <laughs> he should retire and mastermind are sent into the Premier yeah, League. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Mm. Uh, I, th- I think in relation to the Fulham game, there's kind of one player that, that we've not mentioned, which, which we have to, is Ryan Manning, just absolutely kind of phenomenal. Uh, and it's been great. He's actually kind of given a, given a chance because, uh, I mean, he was out of the club up until a few weeks ago. So hopefully he'll progress and progress. Funny how that works, isn't it? You have to give um, Holloway a lot of credit for that. Yeah. Because yeah. he was out on his way out of the club. Can we do the sliding doors thing again? Because I like doing that last week. <laughs> okay. Carry on. So you, you're saying his sliding doors moment, for anybody that either didn't listen to or didn't get it last week, Paul said his sliding doors moment was apparently this kid was told by the club to find another club and he had no future. And Holloway walked in and said, oh, actually, let's have a look at him. And, and, mm. and fast forward, a couple of weeks and he signed a new contract and he's in the first team he's got an engine on him and that's what Holloway likes about him initially and then since then he's come on a lot since he's made his debut they did their best to decapitate him on Saturday as well didn't they 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 targeted him all game and he stood up to every single challenge the the end of the game was just ludicrous where he got picked off the floor and thrown to the ground how how that player wasn't sent off because the referee was a dumpty what I liked about Manning as well is that he wasn't afraid to take a shot from outside the area. I know mm. he had a couple that were blocked that went out for a corner, one of them I remember, but it's good to have players in the midfield because we haven't had any for a while who want to do that. But it's also the fact that someone's come in who is getting better and better and better and you can see that sometimes it's best to give players a chance. You've got to, to give them a chance. This nonsense of like... They're not Boop good enough. And or, booing players yeah. all the time and, and, and you've got to do it your first three games. You've got to give players a chance, for God's sake. And, and he, he, he will be either one of the best fans we've had or if it doesn't happen with him, it'll happen with someone else. But he certainly take this chance. Well, we've sat there through several interviews. I, I, I think it was Redknapp said, you know, I've got news for you. He said someone said something like, listen, these players coming through, they ain't good enough to play in the first team. You can't know until you put them in there and put them in there for more than one game. You've got to give these guys a chance. Furlong is starting to look like the real deal now. That's mm. been a process. He got yeah. a handful of games two, three years ago. Then he went out on loan, and now he comes back and he looks comfortable and he looks ready. But he was one of those players that we were told by more than one person isn't, isn't good enough for the first team, You know, is, isn't kind of going to make it. You've got to give these players... A chance. The, the thing that I thought on Saturday is this, is, and a few people have said this, is it's starting to look like what Ian Holloway promised he was going to yeah. do. Yeah. Like, if we're not going to win every week. We're not going to, like, kind of, you know, go on an amazing run and, and, and go up the league and, and pro- sneak into the playoffs, I don't think. But what you, what you are going to get... Sorry, excuse me. I've just pulled my microphone out and slightly... Um, been lost for words. Right, let me start again. What you are going to get from a Holloway team, uh, and this team is a team that cares, a team that goes for it, they're organised, they play this, what, what was it? The high press, the, the pressing football that Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank was talking about. And you finally got a team that care in these West London derbies and these London derbies against Fulham. And okay, I know we've won since those horrible, horrible fixtures and results two, three years ago, mm. the 6-0 and... Letting him, we let him four away at Fulham. Another game, that didn't we? Really. Too many times. And, and I always felt the players didn't get it. They didn't get. They didn't care enough. And Fulham always turned up to those games. And the other, the other West London teams always turned up. Well, we turned up on Saturday. It's probably a fair result. But 
even if we had have kind of not come away with it, mm. not come away with anything, you still would have felt that actually this team like really cared and really went for it. And they're an Ian Holloway team. Absolutely. I think the thing we've got as well, you've got like a, you've got all that kicking off on the bench, which I'm not saying is right or good or we should do it every week. But you wouldn't have got that under Jimmy Floyd. Whatever you look at, you got Birch, their manager. Apparently, was offended that our player failed in their area. So he then and, and Birch is straight in his face, and the players feed off that. And what what you are having now, players are looking out for each other. You can see it. If we just had someone to finish, we would have won that game. But that's that, but that's something to look forward to. We know where we're going. We just need a finisher. These last few games that we've played, but how they've just been so much more enjoyable to watch than anything we had up until then maybe like take away the first game of the season that was really good but the football under Jimmy after that first game was just so dull and like you know the last few games have been really really positive I think what's helped as well we actually have a semblance of a system now under Hasselbank I couldn't tell you what our style was what our formation was now we have a semblance of a mm. system. Hall has been put in an absolutely fantastic position. Has kind of cemented that role of kind of holding in between the midfield and the defence. And we're actually attacking with some guard as well now. Uh, so long may it continue. Okay. Uh, well, we, we covered well that pretty comprehensively. Well said. Um, we're going to talk to Joel Lynch now. Um, as I've ne- I was thinking this afternoon. I've never heard an interview with him. I've no, never heard a voice. Either. Have you? No. Have you? Simon no. Paul. No. What no. do we think he sounds like? I before, think, before we get on the phone, what do we think he sounds like? Is he, is he? Yeah, go on. So he's from. He's grew up in Brighton. Yeah. Brighton youth team. So southern. Okay. Drawl. Fine. Okay. I, I I was kind of hoping for more of a northern drawl, not having known where he was born. But <laughs> yeah, obviously, that, we're not going to get that. That rule of the podcast is taken. Like more Cockney or more like kind of, you know, sort of not like not quite hardcore Cockney. He'll be a yeah. bit more relaxed. Really high pitched. Think. You think high pitched? Yeah. Paul. I, I think he could possibly sound like a southern version of Sean Dyche. <laughs> <laughs> a southern version of Sean Dyche. Here he, Here is. he is. Joel, thanks for joining us. It's been pr- probably a bit of a crazy few weeks for you and the QPR uh, squad. Um, tell us tell us how you felt um, with everything that's gone on, particularly since Ian Holloway's come in. Um, obviously positive for myself. Um, I've... Uh, I've been playing games. Do you know what I mean, he's come in and, I, and I've played the games. I think there's been a massive change around. Every, everything in the club has changed, but uh, I think everything's been positive and it's been showing, showing in the last few weeks in in the, the way we're playing and the, and the results we're getting. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just positive, really. And what what would you say? It's, it, this is more of a question about Ollie rather than previous managers. But what do you think he's brought in particular? to the squad that has led to almost this change around and this sort of mini run of positive results? Um, I definitely think he's a, he's a motivator. I don't. I think uh, professional footballers shouldn't really need to be motivated, but um, especially if, if, if there's a manager who can get a good feeling about the team and uh, uh, that confidence within the squad, then... Uh, it's gonna get uh, it's gonna get results and uh, it's gonna get you points when it when it's not going going well for you as well and when, when it's all going against you you're sort of gonna uh, he's he sort of um, he gives sort of uh, the squad a bit of a togetherness and uh, I think that showed where at times in games where we're sort of hanging on we've we've stayed in games and uh, got results uh, I think he's brought brought that togetherness within the whole squad. 
Joel, one thing we've noticed in the last few weeks, um, both from the performances and from what Ollie's been saying in his interviews, is that he, you know, he likes players to run around. He likes his team to be fit. Has he brought in any kind of like extra fitness regimes or tests into training? Uh, yeah, he's had, he's got one. Uh, he's got one run that you have to do, and it has to be completed within a within a certain time. Otherwise, you're you're sort of deemed not fit to fit to play, really. Pres- so, um, pres- presumably, Pavel's good at that. Yeah, Pavel. Yeah, he just it's just too easy for him. I think he needs a different sort of he needs a different level of, of a run. But uh, yeah, you've got to complete it within a certain time to sort of uh, to, to pass yourself fit or to pass fit. And uh, everyone um, has had to do the run. Do you know what I mean? And then if you don't do it in the right time, you will have to do it again until you until you are until you can do it. Do you know what I mean? So. Uh, your, fit, your fitness has obviously got to be at a certain level, but I don't think uh, uh, training's got any harder or anything. I think it's just, um, I just, I think, I think the managers brought that in as sort of what's expected of us at the very minimum. And, and Joel, what's 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 Mark like around the place? Because obviously everyone knows that Mark's a, a, a massive Rangers fan. Um, does that come across with, with, with his coaching as well? Yeah, definitely. The more and more I've sort of got to know him, um, obviously you, you sort of understand how much he, his love for the club and his passion for the club. And I think that sort of rubs off as well around the dressing room. I think, um, yeah, he's good. He's a good coach, and I think he's sort of um, he's, he's good with the lads as well. I think um, obviously managers don't normally managers don't aren't so as close to the lads. Obviously Holloway is. And he tries to get amongst the lads and, and, and to motivate him as much as he can. But uh, uh, Bert is just um, sort of in amongst the lads all the time, sort of talking to the lads, trying to. Uh, I think obviously he's, he's sort of just always closer to the lads than, than what the manager is, and I think that's that's a good good thing to have. So which which one do you get? So, sorry, which one of you guys is going to get blue hair then? Sorry, which one of you guys is going? Uh, Mark was famous for playing for Rangers with blue hair. Um, who's going to carry uh, that yeah. mental? mental? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I don't think it'd be myself. My hair's falling out. I know that feeling but, uh, well, fella. I know that feeling. Yeah, so I don't think it'll be me. But um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure someone, someone uh, might get persuaded. Hi, Charles. Uh, yeah. It's Simon here. Uh, I believe you played with uh, Alex Smithies at uh, Huddersfield, and obviously uh, QPR yeah. again, and you're relatively quite good friends. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's been an actually unbelievable season and absolute great quality. Uh, what are your thoughts of him as a, as a goalkeeper and your thoughts of how we actually managed to keep it hold of him? Yeah, um, I think with uh, Smith, he's always been such a... I think he's been well-known for like, how good he is in the, in the Championship. He's quite like, a young age and he's played a lot of games for him. But um, since I've known him, I think at, at Huddersfield, obviously he was sort of Mr. Huddersfield, and he was just—you just knew exactly what you're going to get from him every week. He, he's just a class keeper, top top championship keeper. But since I've been at QPR, I think just—he'll probably tell you himself just from his confidence, the things that he's doing now in games, what his distribution, his saves that he's making all the time. He's just. He's sort of going to the next level, and and for QPR to have a keeper like that, for any championship side to have a keeper like Alex Smith, it's just a, a massive. It's just um, he's just a massive asset for the club at the minute. 
and and Joel, talk us through this formation that we're playing at the moment in defence. So I, I guess what it looks like is that that um, we're told that there's this system where um, Grant Hall plays in further up the field in midfield when we're when we have the ball and drops back into central defence when we don't have the ball. Have you played in a system formation like that before? And whether you have or haven't, how are you adapting to it under the new manager? Uh, yeah, yeah. so Hawley sort of um, uh, obviously has to step in, so he's got like two roles. Uh, it's different for me. I've sort of played a flat three at the back where you're sort of literally just a flat three and you, do, you step in when, when you can. But for us to sort of change when we've got the ball and, and without the ball is completely different. Obviously, it's not any it's not any harder or, or different from me or uh, Nedham, but uh, obviously Hawley has got to play two positions, so it's harder than you think for him. So um, I think the more and more we grow of confidence, I think he can step in more and get more involved in the play, which is he's, he's brilliant on the ball. I think... Um, yeah, sort of the more and more we we control games, I think he'll get the, the opportunity to step in more, and we'll have that extra man. We should really be able to dominate games more, more and more. The, the more confident we get. Joel, you've had a, an impressive career in League One and the Championship. What would it mean to you to get promoted to the Premier League next season, perhaps? And how far away do you think QPR are from having a team capable of challenging for promotion? Yeah, I mean that's why I came to to QPR. I mean, I think that. Um, uh, it's, it's always been in, in my eyes a, ma- a massive team uh, it's always been there or thereabouts and, and that's exactly the sole reason why I came here mm-hmm. um, I definitely feel like QPR has got it got it in the next season to really push on and, and mount a challenge to, uh, I think we've sort of needed our time as a new manager to sort of settle in and get used to his new, new ways of, of playing and, and everything and uh, I definitely feel like um I think we, we, if we can end the season on a high, we can definitely look forward to next season, maybe bring in a new, couple of new faces and really uh, become like a strong championship side. I think uh, it's obviously taken time. There's been a massive transition at the club, and but I think um, uh, QPR is definitely on the way up. And obviously for myself, it would just be fantastic to be, to be part of what's going on at QPR and what's going to happen in the future, hopefully. Joel? I've often wondered with centre-halves, is it a bit like being the drummer in the band sometimes with, with forwards being like lead singers who come on, they don't do all the setting up, they don't do all the hard work, they just come in, they have a wee tap on, tap in, straight around the stage for a bit, get all the glory, and you guys make one mistake and they hammer you. Is that what it feels like sometimes? <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, obviously it is, but... Um... Because the championship is such a tough league, you're sort of getting no matter who you're playing against, you're sort of always getting pounded. Like games are just back and forth, it seems like. And uh, yeah, strikers can sort of go missing for like eight nine minutes, pop up and score a goal, and they're. I think I guess that's just what they get paid for, and I. It's it's um it's disappointing sometimes when you're playing well and you make a mistake. I think that's 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 been the case a few times this season. I think especially for myself where. I've had a good game, made a mistake, and it might have cost us the goal or whatever. But that's just part of the job, really. And I'm so used to it now uh, that you've just got to. I mean, football is just—it's not like a normal job where you might wait six months and you get a promotion and that's your high or whatever, and you have a low when you've had a, 
I don't know, you might get sacked or whatever. Football is literally highs and lows from week to week, so you've just got to deal with What you've got to do, little Joel, like my advice, by the way, is yeah. is all the defenders get together, they go yeah. out, and they leave the strikers outside while you're in the pub having all the drink, waving to them and saying, now you know what it feels like. <laughs> just, 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 yeah. just bear that in mind. Hi, hi, Joel. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. it's Simon again. Uh, when Jimmy was uh, last on the podcast, uh, one of his kind of main points was that he was uh, building the uh, team around uh, Cherry. Uh, obviously, kind yeah. of Cherry uh, has departed. How much of a, a loss and kind of how long has it taken to adapt uh, to that change? Um, obviously, Cherry is a quality player, a, quality, a real top, top player. But um, um, different... It, Leaving has allowed other players to sort of come through and shine. Like, um, I mean, Ryan Manning, for example. Just, you know I mean, there's no uh, nothing against Cherry, but we've we've got other players who can who can do what he can do. They just need their confidence. They just need their chance. And uh, I think if one person sort of leaves, and another one steps into his position, and, uh, all the best to him. I think it obviously it's a completely different move for him and. And his family, but um, there's no reason why um, someone in our squad or or someone we can bring in can't replace him and, and, and do exactly the same thing. Really. Joel, you've mentioned uh, Ryan Manning. Up until uh, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, he was kind of bombed out of the team and, and potentially was uh, leaving QPR. How much has it been a surprise that he's kind of fought his way into the team or was that always expected among the players? Yeah, well, I've only been in for a short while, and I played in a, um, a reserve twenty uh, threes game against Nottingham Forest. And uh, Ryan played in centre midfield uh, in front of me, and I thought that he was doing really well in the game, and he was actually subbed off in the game. And uh, I sort of questioned that a bit. I was like, "Why is he being subbed off?" Because we sort of needed him to stay on the pitch because he was getting the ball down and passing. And I really thought on that day that. You could tell he was he was like controlling the game himself, and he's sort of like a level above that standard that or that level. But um, yeah, to, to me, it's been no surprise at all, really. The way he trains and what the things he can do on the ball is, for, for his age, he's a confident lad, and I think he's a top top player, and he's, he's only going to get better as well. Uh, Joe, a couple of uh, different questions on Twitter. My name's James. Has asked who would come in a first, who would come first in an Iron Man between uh, Pavel and Jamie Mackey. An Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> I think they said marathon actually, but I think the, the question yeah. is generally who's quicker, faster, fitter because they both look uh, pretty on it. Uh, I think, to be honest, I think Jamie Mackey would try try a lot harder, <laughs> but, uh, and he. he he try and sort of get to the finish line and keep going and keep going because he literally doesn't stop. He's just he, he's just a workhouse, uh, Jamie. But Pavel, it's just a it's a breeze for him. I don't, I don't know what I don't know what he's been taking or whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just it's, everything's just too easy for him at the minute. And that obviously he can he can get better and better for us as well. I think I'd have to go with Pavel. Yeah. Uh, um, I was just going to ask uh, Joel. Is it- is he is Pavel? Does he seem like he's enjoying his time in London? And do you think he'd like to stay at the club like longer than his initial loan? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I hope so. I think um, with Pavel, he, obviously the language barrier is massive as well. And but he's really, he really, really tries. Like around the training ground, he really tries to get involved in the jokes and stuff. And 
and I think that's that's helped him as well. Do you know what I mean? I think the lads have sort of taken to him as well, and mm-hmm. he's he's fitting he's fitting the team really well. And yeah, it'd be great for him to stay. I mean, he's been he's been brilliant for us so far. Uh, we've got a question from Chris Charles, who's usually sat here with us. Um, is he disappointed? Are you disappointed, Joel, that you don't have your own song yet? He was thinking, Joel Lynch, Joel Lynch, to the tune of Dolly Parton's Jolene. What do you think? Yeah, well, well uh, through my whole career, I've always had that shout, people saying, why is your song not that? But I don't <laughs> see at the, at the minute any reason for people to start singing my name. Do you know what I mean? That'd be nice for the Jolene, Jolene, Joel Lynch, uh, uh <laughs> Uh, song, but I'd have to come up. I need to score a goal or something. Do you know what I mean? Get the fans going. Consider but, it done. We'll, we'll start it, Joel. Okay, you join in on the pitch as well, like Bertram does with the songs. <laughs> but one thing, one, one thing it is interesting. That do you think that being at QPR, having the higher profile, will help your international career at all? Sorry, you keep cutting up. Oh, sorry. Do you, do you think that being at QPR and being in London and being a, a sort of um, hopefully next season when we start going up the table will actually help you um, with your international career? Yeah, definitely. I think um, yeah, it's an, obviously a, it's, it's a big club. Do you know what I mean? I think being sort of being in London and sort of being uh, I think there's more you get talked about more. I think if you're doing well, you're sort of more in the in the limelight being down in London and obviously and playing well and playing every week for QPR should only help me with with uh, with that so, I mean, I'd, I'd really like to get back into the world squad I think it's such a close knit squad now with the way they've and the way they've done well and I think the squad's pretty much stayed the same for like for a, for a long while now but um, it'd be great for me to get back into that uh, set up and that's exactly what I want to do really uh, Joe, final question. This is from Martin on Twitter. Uh, well, he's asked, Lynchy, you look like a double hard B asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Are you? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to build on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ask a question on that. You and Ned yeah. Manua are stood in the pub. Yeah. A pint gets spilt. You two yeah. squaring up next to each other, arguing over said pint. Who wins? In a fight, <laughs> <laughs> quickest to the bar. I think, I think seriously, if we had an actual fight, I think Nedham would absolutely kill me. But <laughs> he's a big uh, lad, isn't he, Joel? He's an absolute monster, a machine. Like, but uh, I don't think either of us is. I don't. We're not really the type of guys to fight. I think what you see from both of us. I think what you see from me shouting my head off on the pitch and stuff is just my passion for the game, wanting to win. Uh, I think that's it, really. But um, yeah, just a big softy, really. I think off the pitch. What about you and Palavo? So, yeah, I'd say Nedham. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'll kill Palavo. <laughs> Very good. Well, well, well Joel, I tell you what, it's good to see someone like yourself on the pitch bringing the players together. It's much needed, and I tell you what, we're looking forward to next season, finishing this season as hard as we can, and next season really going for it. And it's, it's good to have some some guys who look like they enjoy playing together again on the pitch. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Joel. Cheers, Joel. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Please come Thank on you. again. Good luck. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye. Okay. Nice fella. Yeah. I mean, we say that when they're nice and when they're not, we just don't say anything. We <laughs> carry on, don't we? Who, who, who's been on that has been? Can you remember anyone who have a really liked has been on his interviews? 
Yeah, I'll say it. We didn't enjoy interviewing Terry Fennick, did we? <gasps> we didn't enjoy it. He didn't just, give us very much. Not just him seem, seeming like a nice guy, but he actually kind of, um, he just has the right attitude as well. Not only on the, on the phone, but on the pitch, it seems as well. Yeah. He's been pretty solid I don't for think us. he got my rock and roll analogy. I, I think I might have no, screwed that maybe up. Not. I, yeah. I think he was a bit confused by your, your pub analogy, yeah. Strikers always. It's like a rock and roll band, isn't it? Strikers always have all the fun. They always make the headlines. Always in the. Yet the other guys set everything up. They work their arses off. They put their bodies in the line for every gig. But the singer gets the glory. So all I was trying to say is, don't let them in the pub. Let them feel. (laughs) Messed it up. But then you go to another pub. Sorry, Simon. So he's been relatively in and out the side, but you can tell from that conversation he has a passion to actually get in the team and he wants to play. Mm. unlike the kind of relative kind of second string mercenaries we've had over the last few years who there's a list. if they weren't getting in the team cash the check and get on with it but that's that's because he's playing football for the team and not for himself and that came across in that interview really strongly and that's the difference you know we've had to but and, and that's a good thing Holloway won't put up with that sort of player anyway that mm. then players will be gone and um, I, I think it's, it's positive and it's good what, what he's saying and also when he says that he's come here to even at his age to get higher to improve to, to go it shows you that QPR is still looked upon as a club where you can go forward and that's a good thing we often think of it as a club that people are ending their careers thanks to Hughes and Redknapp and well, stuff that's what happened when you, well that's what happens when you start recruiting the right players mm. it is because for some players it is a place where you end your career where it was when you know they were offered silly money and they'd already played in the Champions League and stuff but that's different now isn't it yeah and I actually like the fact he's a natural born leader as well you can tell that a mile away he's, he is a natural leader saying that should he uh, take the captaincy next year then off yep. a new well that's a shadow of a doubt and that's not that's not saying anything bad about our current captain I just think that Jules is a natural captain and, and we need that on the pitch I think and perhaps it would help Ned's game as well if he's still here next season that's always a tricky one isn't it because we talk about Ned Manua a lot and him and the captaincy and we value his contribution to the club but I think we're all pretty agreed on that as on far as the cap- captaincy's concerned I think he's got a different style like being a captain he's trying something different and that's fine but sometimes you, you but then I think the role of the captain in modern football is irrelevant. I, agree, I, yeah. I think that like it doesn't matter who has that armband. Mm, it doesn't mean anything anymore. The captain in football is the senior pro who sets the example at the club. If you so ha- even if it, sorry, Chris, even if he didn't play half most of the games last year, Clint Hill was the captain because he was the club captain. I think the club captain's really important. The team captain, I think, is irrelevant. Pretty much. Sometimes you have someone at, at a club who is clearly a captain. You know, he should be the captain both on and on the pitch. We don't, we don't really have that, that player at the moment. So, I mean, it, it gains more importance when you have that player and he should be captain. Mm-hmm. But it's just a hard one to call at the moment. Mm. Okay. Ins and outs, because we're in January. We're in the transfer window. Mostly outs at the moment. Um, Ariel. I'm glad we didn't get to actually have to make an effort to work out how to pronounce his name. He hasn't even been here long enough for him to, for us to pronounce his name right. Well, he's only gone unknown, hasn't he? Yeah, but <laughs> he's not coming back, is he? No. Uh, uh, I think his final nail in the coffin relatively was the Brentford game where he played in centre mid I mean that was an awful game mm. uh, and relatively he's not been back in the team since he's a bit of a headless chicken I think. to be fair no one gave out that game with any credit but I know what you mean though he, he, he got particularly done by the 
Their midfielder, the guy they got from Yuval, I think, absolutely destroyed him. I mean, it, it doesn't relatively really matter that much. We didn't spend big money on him. He's not on big wages. If we let him go, this transfer window, next transfer window, it's no relative loss. Mm. I don't think you can accuse him of not trying, though. He just ran his heart out. He just, uh, it just didn't work out for him. The trouble is, and I go back to my earlier point, is that when you, especially when you come from overseas to the Championship, more so even the Premiership, it's bloody hard for these guys. It's a, it's a mad league. And sometimes you have to give players a season, season and a half to adjust. And unfortunately, football's getting like mash. You just add water and you're supposed to be the instant thing. And it, it, it shouldn't really happen. No. I don't know. But anyway. Instant but, mash you're talking about. Yeah, For kid, you kids, there used to be a uh, thing where powdered mashed potato, where you'd add water to it and you, you'd get mash out. I bet you don't remember the adverts with the spear sealing. For smash get mash. Yeah. For mash get smash. Uh, you're older than you look. Um, and we'll see Bo- Ariel again. We, we will? Yeah. I'll be in the free for hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you said that. Which is a great thing. <laughs> okay. Um, Cherry, also the most protracted transfer out of QPR two weeks after he we went to China. It was confirmed yesterday. I, I mean, I'm unsure of the Cherry uh, transfer. In some ways, he is our best player. He's had the most assists, mm. second highest goals highest passes success rate but, but if you're, if you're, but the it, highest amount of assists out of not a lot of goals that, and the highest amount of goals out like of not a lot of goals isn't season. a lot but if you're not actually impacting games and you're just playing kind of crab Carl Henry style football and not penetrating yeah I mean, four, it's not a massive loss scored four goals this season in a lot of games I don't know how many exactly like pushing on 20 three of them were penalties one or three kicks he hasn't actually scored any from open play um, I think he's just not been good enough this season to get four million for him. I think it was brilliant. I think he suffered from the the, the Desma effect. Oh, we get players, we overhype them. People mm. expect too much of them. Then the player, everyone expects too much to build a team around them, and the player's still trying to bed in. And I think it wasn't really his fault. A lot of it, he was he was massively overhyped, and he didn't he didn't really bed into the player he should be. He'll probably go to China and do really well, but that won't help us. And we got our money back, so that's all good. Did uh, Jimmy's philosophy and style of play kill him, relatively? It killed me. Well, he did, a, he did okay <laughs> under Jimmy last season. He yeah. scored 10 goals. It wasn't all Listen, Jimmy. He's so. gone to China. He's it's gone. where he's always wanted to play since he was a boy. He was a boyhood fan of wherever he's gone. What? Did I find weird about the Chinese thing, to be honest with you? It's all these Premier League fans moaning about players called the China. I mean, why do you think they've got players in the Premier League in the first place? Because he played big wages. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, I- Sorry. I think what's yeah. kind of the end of the day, we've made two two million quid on him. I mean, not massive money when we spent ten million pound on Chris Samba a few years ago, but it's another it's another signing where we're actually making money. And Polter made money on him as well. I mean, I wasn't as happy to see him go, even though he, you know his goal return wasn't very good for a striker, but he was a fan's favourite. I thought because he's put in a good shift. Do, do I unfollow him on social media? What do I do? I say I say you should keep following him just for the fashion tips. And for when he comes back in the River Ours. <laughs> <laughs> Joking, by the way. Anyone listening from the club? I don't want to slag the club off for doing that. This isn't a but. I want to slag him off but because I think it's a great initiative. But I do think there should be a kind of minimum requirement. And I would say 100, 100 games sounds about right, doesn't it, to be in the River Ours? I'd like to see um, indoors 
and, and brought into it and Gary Banners, which I'm sure they're working at. I'd like to see a forever open all ours if you've been on five shows. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> my, my, you should do that. Induct someone into the forever all my, my fear is that in a League Cup game <laughs> next year, on a cool night when no one knows, they're going to introduce Gus Seas and Bob Malcolm. That terrifies the life out of me. I mean, uh, in relation to the the player that we won't name being inducted into the Fiat Peter Ramage, I'll name him. I was yeah. going yeah. to be polite, but yeah. uh, 68 games, two goals, two seasons. The the one season uh, he was here, which was kind of our most successful season, relative memory of the of getting promoted, he was relatively injured all season. So I, I just don't get it at all. I mean, apparently... Uh, a very good club ambassador, community work. That's the thing, yeah. Maybe we're missing the point a little bit, you know, uh, and it's all about people who are advocates for the clubs, ambassadors off the pitch a little bit as well. So. He was very, very good off the pitch. It has to be said, to be fair, he, he, nothing was ever a trouble for him from what I heard and he's a really okay. sound bloke. So. I think this gets filed under it's not the biggest deal in the world, uh, is it? No, but if, please, please don't, don't bring back Steve Morrow, please. <laughs> Pretty please, Stefan Embiya or Steve Slade, please. George Santos. George, we Kimble should Shaw. start a club oh. called Definitely Not Forever Ours. Mark, if Mark Hitley <laughs> comes on that pitch, I swear to God, I'm out the ground. Only saying again for those under 35, Mark Hitley was shite. Carry on. I think we're at the Ours end. No, oh, we haven't talked about one thing yet. What's that, Paul? Carl Henry, overreaction, underreaction. So for those of you who missed it, Carl Henry tried to throw Ian Holloway under the bus on social media by explaining that Ian Holloway came in and, what did he say? Disrespected previous previous managers, slagged them off. I disagreed. That's why Ollie and I have fallen out. Thoughts? I don't think you should be writing that on social media. Um, But also, equally... You know, why was he reacting to that? I think it was a comment from Holloway talking well, about Holloway he shouldn't he shouldn't have been sorry. he shouldn't have been given a new contract. Yeah, that was just. I mean, opinion. all of it should just be kept in house. Well, the thing is, I don't think Holloway. I thought it was a big do about nothing. When I I got involved in loads of arguments and twitters and had to and was unfollowed by loads of people and that's fine. And I probably got carried away. But the way I looked at it from going back into it in a sober moment was that Holloway did drinking really say, coffee tonight. Yes, indeed. Holloway just said. I wouldn't have given the contract. He was lucky to get the contract, but he's you know, he's a decent lad, decent player, it's just as ages against him in my opinion, sort of thing. Carl Henry comes out about the previous managers. One thing point I will make about Carl, to be fair, Jimmy Floyd played Carl Henry all the time. The fans couldn't really work it out. And in the game that Jimmy Floyd has about needed Carl Henry to stand up to be counted, Carl was really busy trying to get himself sent off as quickly as he possibly could at Forest Away. So Instead of Holloway being disrespectful to the managers, some would say that didn't really help the cause either. But big do about nothing. Cole will move on. He's had a decent career at QPR. Where people, <coughs> I, I never really read him highly. I think he'll be in the Frivolous Club, perhaps. But um, I do love Frivolous. <laughs> but he he, he did a, a fourth dig. Yeah, we've um, had it's a that. joke. It's a joke. He did he did well enough, but he won't be thought of as a legend. Is what I'm trying to say. I, I mean, or is that harsh? Uh, at the end of the day. I'm not really concerned about the off-field antics. I'm kind of more concerned what's on the pitch. Mm. Uh, and in relation to that, I can count Carl Henry's forward passes on my hands. You said you, you come to okay. QPR for the entertainment and the football. Was there not a point somewhere around 1998, 1999, 2000, where you thought, not sure about this. <laughs> not, sure, not sure I'm going to get what I've come for here. 
once you go, you can't leave, yeah, can you, unfortunately? True. I'm just trying to think of that Steve Sleard, George Coulshaw moments. Um, All inductees into the not forever ours club. Tony Scully. Yeah. Who's that? Oh, no, Tony Scully gets inducted. Cracker of a goal against Palace. He's, do you know, he scored an absolute blinder away to Oxford that people don't realise, and we got battered, and that's probably why. And that was the day I think the manager had his windscreen put in. Anyway, that was a great goal. What's she your favourite ever QPR goal? Like the the goal that got you the most excited. So not like Bobby Zamora, you can't pick that one, but like just like just your favourite goal. I mean, I guess it's obvious, but Furlong semi final playoff semi final. Yeah, uh, to go to Cardiff. Not the greatest goal in the world, but. The biggest reaction I've ever seen at Loftus Road. Yeah. Yeah. That's be up there. I get I had a Helgerson penalty against Chelsea. That was yeah. fun. Michael um, Robinson against Chelsea. And the League Cup run that never happened. I remember that was special. We had a striker called Sammy Kojo. Do you remember him? I remember Sammy yeah, Kojo. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, was yeah, like yeah. he looked like he was just couldn't run properly but I remember when he, he scored once I think it was just after the start of the second half it might have been against Ipswich or I might have got that wrong and he went on an incredible run and just smashed it in in front of the loft I remember thinking like it was great goal there's also the time that Les Ferdinand took on Chelsea single-handedly and smashed into bits that was good then there was a 6-0 uh, Mark Falco scored quite a few decent goals for us at the volleys but is any better than Sinclair's overhead kick that's that's the, that's the benchmark, isn't it? But it's also about the game, the 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 occasion. Yes, that's an incredible goal, but it, it's a bit well, like what Simon said. You know, Paul Furlong's goal wasn't the most spectacular goal, but it's also how it made everyone feel. Mm. And and I'm not saying the, the occasion of Trevor Sinclair's was slightly underwhelming, which means makes it a brilliant technical goal and probably the most brilliant QPR goal we've ever seen. Zamora, but it's but not like yeah, that. No, I mean, Zamora. Yeah. I genuinely felt like. This this must be what it's like to have a heart attack. You also forget <laughs> is what I, what I was thinking when Zamora scored. To be fair, you, you would go back to Hillsborough with Gallen school as well. Yeah, that that you know that everyone just reacted yeah. so well. It's a it's a really it's a really tricky. My one. favorite was Andy Gray's against Man United, nineteen eighty nine, in front of the loft. I think we won two one or three two, something two, like that. Was. And he scored an unbelievable just rocket in the top right hand corner. Two like that. He scored two exactly the same that night. And like the roof nearly came off. Uh, talking of goals, Sorry. Uh, we are the second uh, lowest scorers in the league. Mm. Transfer window is about to shut. We've sold Poulter, relatively haven't brought anyone in. Is that a real risk for the club? It is because if Silla gets injured, we're absolutely buggered, aren't we? Nah. We're, who are we going to play up front on their yeah, own? Yeah, will be fine. The one thing you have to remember is Holloway has signed two players in this transfer window already. Well, he's signed three. Signed Loire Loire. But he's effectively signed two players because he's got Mackey and he's found Manning. And they are two extra players that we didn't have before. Yeah. We, and he's got them at the start of the transfer window, if you want to extend the analogy. And I'm not saying Mackey's <laughs> going to be, you know, 12, 15, 18 goals a season but he'll chip in with a few. I think we probably do need a striker, but let's not forget him. He's 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 um he he's he gives him another option. But to it's, be to be honest with you, we're not going to go up. We're not going to go down. Um, for once, the club have been sensible in the transfer window and not going mad, loading us with a whole lot of players we're not going to get rid of. So well, let's that's just the point. This. Exactly, the signings in this window, if there are any, I'm sure there will be a few. They have to be signings that make sense beyond the end of the season as well, and I'm sure they will. Because sorry, 
We've been going for ages. That was <laughs> the reason why you were interrupted was Harry the engineer saying fifty minutes. Oh, I see. <laughs> which the, is the, about fifteen more than we're we're, the, we're supposed the, to the, do. The other, the other thing you've got to look at in, in in context is with the conference getting bigger and everything else, the squad's getting tighter. Let's build this squad togetherness. Let's build it and go forward with this, and then bring people into it. Which will probably be next season. Maybe you have to write the season off a little bit, but at least we know there's going to be an end product. Uh, I'll send. All right. Who wants to say anything? Anything, everything that we haven't talked about yet? I have one very simple thing to say. Thank you for the club for providing us with Joel Lynch for a brilliant, insightful interview. Thank you very much. That's my R's end. And, 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 and I'm sorry about my jokes about the Ferrara clubs. I am grateful and I think it's a brilliant incentive and I think it's marvellous. And I'm sorry if my sense of humour is... Who are you talking high. to, Paul? Myself. Right. Okay. But that's not my um, R's end. It's, it's, it's banter about the Forever R's club. Do you know, someone did that. My, my daughter went to the game on Saturday and... Um, there was a couple of Fulham fans trying desperately to be Danny Dower. Um, and really, you know, I go to football, we just, just got brilliant. We're on the Banter Express. And I was like, oh, please, Jesus. And Lily went, I bet the Fulham fans, and she was right, they were. I was so pleased they weren't Rangers fans. They said they're on the Banter Express. Yes, yeah, so we're pulling a, 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 a an imaginary cord, a steam train. train yeah. ah, do you know what I mean? Anyway, it was, but. Do you know what? I, my 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 hours end of the show is quite weird because I took my daughter and it was bloody brilliant. It's so nice to bring your child into QPR because she's finally getting it now. After all these years, she's realised we're not losing all the time. And there's a, it was a brilliant atmosphere and it's it really there's a brilliant picture my mate Alan sent me, which was a a picture of a child holding his father's hand saying, "Me and Dad love QPR," and that's QPR that I love, and that 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 is that I I love that picture, and it's so nice to bring your child in because they need to replace us. We will die. Uh, they're, 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 all right. <laughs> they need to take our seats. Well, Let's we not will. go more. Well, all right. Death gets us all. No one's beaten it yet, but it's great to see that. It's just a really wonderful feeling going with your child to football. I, I, I've been pretty ignorant up until now that how, how good it actually feels to see your child singing QPR songs and enjoying themselves, but it was brilliant. Three wins so. and a draw. That's that's what happens. Three wins no, and a draw not. and it does it's this. It's because it's so much a part of our lives. See, QPR fans are different from so many other fans. I know everyone thinks the club's special, but to us, QPR, we don't wear shirts. Most of us go to games. We go to away games. We turn up, we support our club. And that's the next generation. And I'm freaking proud that she's one of them. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. My argument is... Uh, yeah, that's right. fans are crap as well. It's a, a thank you to the, the podcast. We're going over four or five years now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I listen on a weekly basis and I know other people do. And uh, it does bring a kind of a, a connection to the club and, and brings people together in some ways. Uh, so well done, everyone. And, and keep going. Thank you. Do we thank get you. the River Arts Club, do you reckon? <laughs> season six. We're at season six, everyone. If you want to listen to old episodes, you can go on our website. Chris, you've taken your headphones off, but you haven't done the R's end. You are allowed to say you don't have an R's end. Uh, I am. I just want to dedicate it to Mark Bertram. Thank him for his passion on a touchline. I, ho- I hope he's on a touchline for the next few games. Very good. Right. Okay. So we're, we're recording this Thursday. This is going to go out Friday morning. Next week, we're not here Monday. We're recording on Tuesday next week, so we'll be a day late. And between now and then, we will have played the team we're playing on Saturday, which is Burton. And we would have which signed... Is Burton. I wonder where you were going with that one. So, I couldn't remember who we're playing. We're playing Burton. So, predictions. We will finish off with predictions for Saturday. Uh, I'm cool. going... Oh, sorry. Uh, 
I'll jump in front of you, Paul. I'm going a, a very boring uh, nil-nil, <laughs> unfortunately, no. to both the uh, second lowest goal scoring teams uh, in the league. No, uh, okay. They're a bit unsettled. Obviously, Clough, who knows? Uh, I mean, hopefully, I'm not being too boring and it might be entertaining, but I haven't got much joy, unfortunately. You're not boring, Simon. That's fair enough. You're allowed <laughs> to have your opinion. Don't get him on again. I actually think... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Paul. You're I, more than welcome. I actually think we'll win, um, well, on Saturday. 3-1, I'm going for. Yeah. Paul? I think we'll hammer them. I think it's all... I said that about Fulham. I was nearly right. Just Who was go- right about Fulham? Who said one all? Me. Me. Oh, me. Thought it might have been. Me. Oh, it's all me, me, me with you, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yes, but one thing I will say about Saturday, if I may just finish off with this, and I will promise not to say another word. Let, I'll let you finish off. I'm going to go 2-0. Go on, finish. I, I think it'll be, to it'll be 3 three nil or more because Burton can't defend away from home and we, we need someone to take our frustration out on and I think they'll be the ideal candidates. That, that does mean scoring three goals. <laughs> I'm going to go for a Joel Lynch header. Joel Lynch, but listen, do you know what was so good about Saturday? Was... Everyone was singing. It was like the old Rangers. The atmosphere was brilliant. Fulham fans are a bit rubbish. It's this thing about waving your scarves in the air and pretending you're in Europe, um, kind of like Italy or Spain, which they give a football. Uh, so I didn't want to do a Brexit thing there. Um, and it was a bit rubbish. And they, hit, they came up the train station. This is true. They came up the train station singing, we hit QPR, real full of of anger. And, and a couple of lads just said to them, shut up, and they did. I was, was slightly it. disappointed they didn't bring their legendary clappers. They do exist. I have seen them. So let me say to our listeners, we realise at this point that you were hoping the podcast would end about 15 minutes ago, and so were we, but um, oh it just went on and on and on, but it's, it's been lovely speaking to we're you like all the tonight. Yeah, of the yeah, with the Jamie Mackie version of the podcast, we go on and on and on. Uh, that was it. Paul, thank you for the last word. Congratulations, you're the first inductee into the Open All Forever Arts Club. <laughs> And um, this <laughs> I'm joining my text messages tomorrow. This has been Open All Ours. We will see you next Tuesday night. Come on, you Oz. UPR. UPR.